Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Christian Layman Church. Welcome to our Sunday morning worship service. And welcome to all of you who are viewing online or at the church office. Um, We're so glad that you're here. We're so excited to start off this time with some musical worship. Uh, But before we begin, uh, I just want to invite you all. Why don't we all take like a big, why don't we do three, three big deep breaths together. Ready, ready, one, two, three. Okay, one more. One more time. Awesome. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Sometimes you just forget to breathe. Sometimes you forget that God woke you up this morning, like Pastor Ben always says. We forget to praise God that we're alive another day um, to live and to worship Him and to see Him move in all these different ways in our lives. This morning, we're going to breathe and we're going to worship together as a church family. Um, I want to invite you to stand um, and I'm going to pray for our time. Um, but I love this. You guys look around. Look, why don't you wave to someone across the pew? Look around. There are people here. There are people who are here doing this life with you, doing this faith with you. And that's why we come together to encourage one another, to point each other to Christ, to remind ourselves that Jesus is enough. And that all the things that we're going through in life, we don't have to go through alone because we have him and we have each other. Jesus, we thank you that you are enough. You are more than enough. You are good. You are faithful. You are our savior, our redeemer, our Messiah. And you love us. We're celebrating Valentine's Day soon, but outside of all that, we know that we love because you first loved us. And you show it to us again and again every day by the sacrifice of of Jesus on the cross. But every day your mercies are new for us, Lord. We thank you for your great love for us. Would you be present in this room, Lord? Would your spirit be moving here? Would you continue to be speaking to us and ministering to our hearts? In Jesus' name we pray.
song that we're going to sing (laughs) because it's kind of talking about the perspective of the Father. Sometimes we talk about the sacrifice that Jesus made and it was so big and it was so great but when you think about it from the perspective of a father giving up his son, think about your kids (sighs) think about doing that and the pain that God the Father must have felt as he saw his son on the cross that he had to turn his face away because Jesus became sin and God can't be with that. And yet he did it anyway, again, because of this great love for us. Wow, let that sink in, let that soak in. He loves you that much.
Jesus to the cross. And we thank you for your spirit that is with us today that reminds us every day of that resurrection power that rose Jesus from the dead. 
We have reminders all over this place that you are love and you love us so much. May we be conduits of your love to every single person around us. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. May we remember it every single day. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall be seated. Good morning, CLC. In the one of the most iconic phrases of all time in sports casting, let's get ready to fumble. Welcome to Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I want to clarify that today is indeed the Super Bowl because two weeks ago when I mentioned that it was game day, I received a bunch of angry texts that some people went to Costco around 3.30 thinking that it was the Super Bowl and were able to dodge the traffic. It was not. So if you want to do your shopping today at 3.30 to 7.30 is prime time for that. Um, That being said, speaking of Costco, the CLC mission statement, uh, to make disciples who love God, love people, and who seek to serve the world. One way that we seek to do that is getting to connect with you. And so if this is your first time joining us on the live stream at the CLC Church office or here in person uh, this morning, uh, we welcome you and we'd love to connect with you if this is your first encounter with us. Simply reach us at www.christianlayman.org forward slash contact or email us at info at christianlayman.org. We'd love to get to know you and your family and plug you in here with our amazing families and home groups. If you've been with us here before, you know that the quow or question of the week is coming up. And so this morning's quow is brought to you by Jess. Given that tomorrow is Valentine's Day, another common saying here is that life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But if you did know what you were going to get and you got a box of all of the same thing, uh, in the comment section or to the people to the left or right of you, what would that be? If your answer is Hershey milk chocolates, please see me behind the prayer team after service for intervention. Um, This morning's first announcement is the uh, CLC missions prayer time that will be taking place this Tuesday at 830. This will be a great time to hear about the wonderful things that are happening with Spectrum Ministries and Matt Coy down in Tijuana a longtime uh, ministry partner of ours, and especially around the holidays. Definitely make sure to check that out, and we'd love to see you there on our Zoom call to hear more uh, about what amazing things are in store. Uh, for our college students, what's better than boba? Boba and board games. This will be taking place uh, next Sunday uh, at 6.30 p.m. at Uji time. And if you're telling me that you have uh, class the next day, you do not because it is President's Day and we will see you there at 6.30. With our next announcement this morning, uh, we uh, have our CLC annual meeting that will be taking place on March 6th during the latter half of service. This will be a great way uh, to reflect on the wonderful things uh, and the amazing developments here at CLC in 2021 and to project ahead in 2022 what we have in store as we celebrate the 100-year anniversary of CLC. More details to come, and we'll uh, see you there during the second half of service to learn more about that.
And before I forget, um, I see Scott. Uh, from now on, there will be a new segment during CLC called the row, which means release of the week. Um, so CLC youth today, we will be having youth service after our hashtag we are CLC. And with that, I'd like to invite up for our hashtag we are CLC, um, Gordon and our college ministers, ministry team, Colin and Will Chung. Thanks, Denny. So this year we are spending time getting to know our CLC missionaries better and connecting them to you through prayer. And each month we're going to introduce a new uh, missionary or missionaries that um, CLC is supporting and let you know how to pray for them. We've created a calendar with suggestions that you um, pray for the missionaries on Tuesdays, maybe at dinner or whenever you gather with the family. And after each date, check off the date or put a sticker on it to mark your progress, and whoever's completed a board at the end will receive a prize from uh, CLC. Of course, it's honor system, but the prize will be um, a $25 gift certificate uh, or gift card for each person who completes it, and we'll have a variety of gift cards to choose from, like uh, In-N-Out, Boba, Amazon, maybe even a Crunchyroll gift card. So contact the CLC missions team at missions at christianlayman.org to get a, a calendar to print out. And uh, we also have a, a, a grace period. So if you start by March and complete it, um, complete the calendar, then you'll still be eligible for the prize. <clears throat> for this month, we are focusing on our missionaries who are serving, uh, at college, serving college students. So Colin Tomikawa and Will Chung are with InterVarsity, and Dave Fong is with AACF. Dave couldn't uh, be here today, but we are privileged to have Colin and Will with us. Um, so, Colin and Will, I just want to invite you guys to uh, tell us a little bit about what your role is at um, InterVarsity and how we can be praying for you this season. Hey, everyone. My name is Will, um, and if you don't know, I am part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship on staff with the Strategy and Innovation team. We're a national team whose goal is to develop uh, materials, resourcing, to be able to equip students and faculty to become kingdom world changers. And so during this season, um, our main focus is developing curriculum and material for small group leadership training. And so um, in conjunction with the Urbana Missions Conference, which I would love to invite you all to as well, and hopefully we'll have time to talk about it more in December, um, we are, our goal is to equip 1,000 student leaders with the courses that we're releasing with the Ministry Playbook, which is an online training platform that we are developing as a team. So we all know that small groups can play a huge part in changing lives. I was part of a really amazing small group that, you know, helped me develop me in my faith and life. And so we want to be able to equip student leaders to be able to do that and bring that onto their campuses as well. So yeah, if you could pray for um, a lot of the students around the nation, which we're testing this material with to get to know them and kind of, yeah, be able to equip them well, um, we're going to be doing that within these next few months. That's my role in the team. I'll pass it to Colin now. Uh, first, uh, Christian Lehman has a rich history of supporting campus ministry, decades of supporting campus ministry, a clear part of our history. And uh, first, to say thanks for your continued support uh, and encouragement of campus ministry in the history and life of this church. So it's a, it's a meaningful investment. 
Uh, I'm a regional director. InterVarsity organizes the country into 20 different regions. I'm one of those uh, regions. Uh, the Pacific region is uh, my title. Uh, our ter my territory is Northern California, Northern Nevada, Southern Oregon, and Hawaii. And uh, there are about 80 staff who I work with on about, uh, with about 75 different fellowships. Uh, like everything today, life is just harder in the pandemic, including ministry. And uh, we have particular challenges that still exist on campus. A number of our campuses across the region ha are still remote after two years. Meeting new students uh, with no students on campus and after two years is a really tough situation. Uh, each university has their own particular challenges and restrictions on kind of gatherings, numbers of gatherings, uh, and those add particular challenges. Then on top of kind of how is it that you foster uh, kind of a heart of outreach and welcome and invitation and put all those things together, it's been a, a super challenging year for us uh, as a campus ministry. In an effort to think about how do we revitalize uh, campus ministry, even the regional director has rolled up his sleeves and gotten back down on the ground and leading small group on campus. And I have a list of 50 students I, I text, I email, I DM them, inviting them small group on campus uh, Monday night, 7.30, if anyone's interested, uh, uh, to come and to learn about Jesus through the scriptures. And uh, as I work with about a, a list of about 50 students trying to welcome them into kind of uh, a campus ministry, uh, I, I average about two students a week. Now, uh, other people are like, oh, I'd love to be a part of your small group. I'm like, well, come on over. So anyway, uh, part of the prayer request is to continue to pray for college students today. If you all know of a college-age student uh, in, your, in your family, in your, in your social circle, pray for them. Pray for God's pursuance and engagement of their heart uh, to pursue what God would have for them in these years. And on top of that, I just think uh, we do have our first in-person gathering in two years, March 18th through 22nd, coming up uh, next month to invite students to, to uh, around the book of Mark, we're engaging in Bible study and welcoming new students uh, and existing students for a weekend uh, retreat for the first time. Great. Thanks, Colin and Will. Um, let's pray for, uh, for them, and we'll pray for Dave as well, too. So if you feel comfortable, please extend your hand as a, as a sign of blessing. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge your sovereignty and lordship in our lives, and we come before you now as a church to intercede for Colin, Will, and Dave. We lift up Colin to you and ask for your hand upon the Bay Area Student Conference in March. Please give wisdom and discernment to the planners. May it be well attended and an inspirational time in scripture and hearing from the Lord about God's work on campus and help Colin as he leads his team and develops them as leaders. Give him ideas on how to move their thinking from survival mode to seeking renewal. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on them and open their eyes and minds to new perspectives and opportunities. We know campus ministry is not e easy and it's even harder with a pandemic. Encourage Colin and help him when he has doubts or fears about the future. Um, show him that you care for him in the deepest way and that you will never leave or abandon him. We pray for a new generation of student leaders, starting with um, people who will volunteer to be small group leaders. Um, we thank you for Colin, for his uh, uh, many years with InterVarsity, and uh, pray that he would not lose sight of all the lives that he's touched and bless him for his faithfulness. And we lift up uh, will to you, Father, and we ask, um, we thank you for his unique um, 
position to be able to have impact across the nation and, and even worldwide through the ministry playbook and its role in equipping students uh, as small group leaders. We pray for Will and his team as they put the materials together, help them to be creative and see ways to uh, make the, the materials interesting and useful and allow them to, to meet their deadlines and be able to um, have time for editing and, um, and refining their project. We pray for Will as he tests the course out with uh, students across the nation. May he have good connections with those testers and get valuable input on how to make it better. We, we pray especially for those 1,000 students um, to sign up as small group leaders at Urbana 22 and at their home campuses. Lord, speak to the hearts of the students, and may the time that they spend in the small group course fuel their passion for Jesus, that his transforming power would be known far and wide. We thank you for Will's dedication and willingness to follow you um, into ministry, continue to grow and develop him as he serves at InterVarsity and meet all of his needs. We pray for Dave Fong and his many years serving you at AACF at UC Berkeley. He's often a one-man band, so we pray that you would bring him help whenever he needs it. And in this season of uh, leadership selection, give Dave wisdom in identifying those people who you are calling to be leaders. And, um, and may students have open and willing hearts. And the last two years have not been normal college fellowship. And with the more experienced classes that are graduating, he's very concerned that future generations may not be willing or available to take up the mantle of leading. But don't let the pandemic of uh, rob WACF of student leaders, but instead raise up a generation of leaders who are resilient, flexible, and persevering. Surprise Dave with people who are ready to stand up and be counted upon, who want to grow in their knowledge and love for God and hunger for genuine fellowship and interaction. We pray for this year's in-person leadership training conference to be well attended and that much fruit would come from that time. We thank you for the faithful service of Colin and Will and Dave. We ask your blessing and favor upon them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Gordon. Thanks for um, thanks for your love for missions and constantly uh, for you and the team leading us through that. And you know, over this morning before we get into the sermon, let me just encourage you. Um, especially with Colin and Will. Um, uh, if, if you have the opportunity, um, maybe I know some of you support them, and some of their position with IV is raising personal support, um, right? Track Will down. Will, don't leave too soon. I know you're going out to be with kids because you're awesome. Uh, but uh, come alongside him. Come alongside them. Uh, when we give, all of a sudden we pray. Anybody we invest, all of a sudden our attention goes there, and that becomes important. And so, um, I know they, those, I, I, I know the people we prayed for this morning. Look, I'm doing a shameless advertisement. Um, they want to come here. They don't. They don't look to to be salespeople uh, people to us. But uh, let me do that. Yeah, come on. Give the, uh, let's let's support them in every way possible through prayer or, or, or finances. And today we're talking about money. Um, a f- number of years ago, we had a ministry leader in for a conference, and he told a story that still sits with me. It was a story of of um, a friend of his that was a really high level uh, business leader, and they would meet together. And as they were checking in. 
he starts sharing as well. Things are going really well at their position. He just got another raise. Now he's responsible for a very big part of the world and in this very large company. And as a believer, um, he was just really encouraged that God continued to allow him, even though it was a stressful uh, position. And then as they continued to talk, this person said, well, hard part of our life is our, is our young teenage daughter. She is, right? She is just going in her own direction. All right? She's got the wrong guy. She's wearing the wrong clothes. She's with the wrong people. So, you know, even though I'm traveling more and more, uh, you know, it's been really stressful on our marriage because we're continuing to have put in barriers. It's almost like every, every time we try to put, you know, governors and, you know, on her, it just, everything gets worse. And my friend, instead of giving sympathy or comfort, uh, looked at him and said, wow, you got a terrible story. And he was kind of taken back. It's like, yeah, you need to get a better story. Why would your daughter want to join you in your current story that you're in? So with great loving Christian words, he, uh, the gentleman left and he says he was pretty upset. He was upset at him. He was upset at those words that were hard words to hear. And then they started to sink in and kind of marinate in his heart. And he knew his daughter. So he went to his daughter and this businessman said, hey, um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a shelter in our town that we've, that we have been to. What if we collected these things and we, we took it down to them? And, his, and he knew this was a big part of his daughter's heart. And his daughter looked at him and said, yeah, right, Dad, what's the angle? He says, no, no, let's do this. So they collected things, they went to their neighbors, they collected a bunch of goods, and they brought it down. Had an unbelievable experience. They found out some more needs, so they went out and collected more. And all of a sudden, he came back and said, this daughter started to transform. The wrong friends were gone. The terrible boyfriend was all of a sudden just MIA. He was gone. And her passion became serving others. Their family's passion became serving. And the strange thing that he didn't see happening was he went in to his work and said, I need a demotion. Think what? Like, I love this part of my, you know, without, he didn't say it this way, but he loved this part of his story so much that he says, I can't be traveling. I understand part of the career suicide that I might be doing here. But this, this new adventure that we're taking with my family is so much better than the adventure that my career was giving me. As we come to this place in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks to us about our, about our resources and money. Let me read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, 
where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp of the body, and if your eyes are healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, the whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's pray. Father, bless your word to us. Thank you that you speak to us about things that are oftentimes hard to hear, but they're the things we need to hear. And Father, would your word read us this morning when it comes to our, our finances and the treasures we hold. Holy Spirit, um, open up to each of us individually what you would want us to know through these words of Scripture, in Jesus' words. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, as we continue on in the, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, it, is, it, it just kind of hit me this morning as we were driving, as, as my wife Pam and I were driving here, that if all the things that Jesus spoke about in the Sermon on the Mount, how many of them are crucially um, still relevant today? I think most of us, if we were transported back 2,000 years ago, would be fish out of water, right? And the things that were really big issues, in the, um, it would, we would not, it would take us a while to understand them, not that they would be outside of our understanding. And yet, almost all of the things that Jesus comes and talks about, almost every sermon we've talked about are timeless. I don't know if you've studied ancient documents but we just step back when people go, oh, the Bible is, I go, the Bible is irrelevant. It's an old document. Go read older documents. You'll get the, you'll, you, you, you know, the, the translation of it sometimes can be lost. And it just was so encouraging to go, how amazing is the father that Jesus, when he's speaking, he goes right to the heart of the issues that are still at the heart of our society. Um, there doesn't seem to be a blip in the screen. And I think sometimes we can take that for, we can take that for granted. Jesus is talking about our finances. And, um, and as we read the scripture, the first, uh, first thing I would, first, first point I would make is this. Jesus says, our treasure reveals our story. How we look at money, how we deal with our finances, what we treasure in our life reveals a story about us. Almost every time I've gone to a new job, a new organization, they will tell me, maybe you've had this experience, we believe in A, we believe in C, this is what we're about. They will tell me what their story is. And then you have to ask a very important question, which is, can I see your budget? Because the budget is the real story of what that organization says. And I have, many, I have many examples. They can say that they really believe in something, 
But if you look at the budget and there's no, no resources and no investment in it, you kind of have to raise your hand and say, do you really believe in this? Not too dissimilar um, for my short time um, in investment banking. Going to a conference, listening to um, CEOs and CFOs present a company and they would tell a story. And then you would do the fundamental analysis of that stock and realize, no, 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 what is really happening? How much is really coming in? How, you know, what is, what do the numbers really tell? Because the numbers tell a very specific story. And in the same way, Jesus is saying, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth. Our treasure, what we treasure, tells a story about us. And in the middle of it, Jesus says this in verse 22. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, the whole body is full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, the whole body will be full of darkness. Jesus makes it clear that when it comes to our finances, he uses this picture of our eyes. And not to go too far down the road uh, for time's sake, but when it comes to our uh, how we how we view things. If our finances and our relationship to money blinds us, his very words are this, then if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? There is something about, um, about our culture and the cultures we live in and the temperature they set and how we think about where we invest, and how we spend our money. And it is really hard work to break through that normalcy of this is just the kind of the tacit understanding of this is what I should do with my money because this is what we all do with it. This is the values of our culture. You have to fight hard to break through that. Our treasures, how we spend money, how we view it, how we invest in it, it tells a story. So the first question when Jesus is talking is this, what, what story is your treasure telling you? How you spend money, what is the real story? Not what is the story you would like your life to tell, but if we cross-referenced it with our giving, does that line up? Is there dissidence between those two things? Not only does our treasure reveal our story, our treasure also reveals our hearts. So Jesus in, in the Sermon on the Mount is constantly going to the heart of the issue, right? And realizing that when people gave, that you could give the right amount you could do all the right things. You could tie the right amount, give the right ceremonies, but still be facing away from God. You could do that and still be greedy. So Jesus goes to the heart, right? And we see this. There's all, how many examples, right? The widow's might, she gave more than they all did. Jesus always goes to the heart. He never wants us to be fooled that our exterior righteousness, what we, what, how other people think, God goes, no, no, no. Man looks at the ex, right outside, 
but God, he looks at the heart. So when it comes to our giving, God, Jesus goes back to the heart, right? And he's always contrasting um, within, uh, for us and within the um, uh, Sermon on the Mount, the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. Oh, yeah, you're doing everything correctly on paper, but your hearts are far from me, right? You've heard that theme, and Jesus is hitting it each time. It comes to murder, even if you hate somebody in your heart, as Pastor Calvin talked about. When it comes to our sexuality, even if you're lusting, right? You're not committing adultery. You know what? Maybe, maybe you are. When it comes to our finances, when it comes to our money, Jesus says, this is an area that you have to be careful. And so again, he's retelling all the stories of Israel, Right? The people that he's talking to have this rich history. So when he says these things, there's a ripple effect through, you know, that goes through it. And just before Jesus talks about this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our treasures reveal our heart. He says this. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do so, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, you, they have received uh, their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. So that your giving may be in secret, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Right? In other words, he's saying, right? So we don't have this problem in, in our society at all, right? Because I have never seen anybody post of something they're doing, right? <laughs> you know, out feeding the homeless, hashtag blessed. I've never seen that, right? right? I don't know what you're doing most of the time, but I know exactly when you're doing something that somehow ups things on their social media score. Oh, yeah, rescued a dog today. By the way, I don't know what the algorithm is um, on TikTok, but it says that I love to watch videos of animals being rescued because I do, and it just keeps sending me, and they're the sweetest thing. But whatever that is, there's a feedback loop. What does that have? I don't know why I said it. But anyways, there's a feedback loop that we love, and people loved it back then. It's no different. It's the same hearts that we have. And Jesus says, when it comes to the Father, he wants it, again, the treasure for our hearts, not to be, right, something we place on ourselves, but something that comes from him and I. Father, what do you want to do? In your giving, in your relationship with money, do you have a heart that says, I, God, I, this is yours. I, I want to do with the money what you want me to do with it. No one has to know. In your relationship with money, have you ever met somebody like this? That just as they hold their money so loosely, I had this strange experience with somebody in our culture that was like this. When I was working as the executive director at City Team, um, uh, without going through the whole story, our building flooded out. Somebody hit the fire hydrant in front of our building and literally flooded the building. We had to leave the building for a year. We didn't know what we were going to do. Um, 
And in the middle, about a month after it, I got a phone call from a gentleman that I had known and said, hey, can I meet with you? So I met with him, and he started asking me all these questions. And I just thought he was meeting with me to encourage me. Then I kind of figured out halfway through, it took me a while, that he was actually figuring out what I needed. And the question was, in so many words, so how many millions of dollars do you need? (laughs) Now, we weren't at that place because of insurance, because the building is a long-term rental. It wasn't something. And it woke me up, and I'm like, wait a minute. You're asking me, you actually called a meeting with me in order to see how much money you might give to our ministry? Like, you, you don't meet these people. And then, as he was talking, I realized, I said, wait a minute. Did you give this other ministry that I know? Did you, are you the ones behind them? And then he, he kind of went, yeah. <laughs> and then he said this, said this, uh, this expression. He said, yeah, um, when I call the people that manage his money, he says, they look at me and they go, this is, this is not a smart idea. <laughs> you shouldn't be giving this much money to this very small nonprofit. And he says, yeah, I know. So thank you for sharing that. Now send them the check. In right. and, and what, I, what I had found out, because I had known him for years, but I, 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 did, I did know that he is a true, what in Silicon Valley we would call a true unicorn. And because, because it was secret, I'd known him for years and not known this is who he was. And he said, God has called my wife and I to invest in the kingdom. So we're always looking for opportunities. I just, it, it, I walked away with a different appreciation and a different standard of, wow, Father, thank you for not just this man and his generosity in his heart. How can I be like this within, 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 my, um, within, within my small circle? So we see that our treasure reveals our story, our treasure reveals our heart, and then Jesus gets personal. He says, our treasure reveals our master. He says, no one can serve two masters. Jesus becomes very binary here. See, God knew how easy it would be for our material possessions to overtake us. Right? A few weeks ago, I talked about how easy it is for something like, uh, for, for lust. It's almost like walking on a steep hill, and if we are not in it, it's easy to tumble down that hill. But from the very beginning, God knew that our material possessions would be easy to overtake us. So our giving back to God is one of the primary ways we express our faith to God. That's his choice. And this is why giving is built into God's story. You think about the uh, uh, beginning of the book of Genesis. Cain and Abel, bring me a sacrifice. Right? Through the Old Testament, remember, the first fruits the first and best things that you produce need to come back to God. Why? Because God is somehow needs that? No, no, he doesn't. We do. That God's, God's desire is that that would never 
ever get between us and him. Us giving frees us in our relationship with God, because if not, it will become our master. And he says, you can't serve two masters. Is your faith stuck? Do you ever feel like your faith, like, I wish it was deeper, I wish it was stronger? How is your relationship with your giving, with money, with your possessions, those things that you treasure? Is that the thing, is, is that an area that is holding you back? The worries of this world, when we concentrate on those. What are you investing in? What is your family investing in? Again, God doesn't need us to give to him, but he says it very clearly. And if there's any red flashing, you know, light on the dashboard of our lives here, it's Jesus saying, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be voted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He will do anything to make sure that nothing is between us. And so this is a hard expression because we go, well, it's not just that clear, right? It's not just, it's not just black and white. Jesus goes, no, it's actually black and white. We have to be really careful in this area. Not only does that our treasure reveal who our master is, and that is right, um, that is nothing that many times we want to admit that something has really mastered us, but our treasure reveals eternity. You see, God's design from the start was that, we, that his people would be generous people, because he is a generous God. And if you looked, if we, if we went back and we're just going to do a short jaunt through kind of like, kind of go back out, big picture it, right? So when God gave Israel the promised land, um, it sits right in the middle of all the continents, right? So if you, if you were to look, you could see that the trade routes from Asia, from Europe, through Africa, all had to come through Israel. And you don't get very far. It is a small strip. You get up to Jerusalem, and then you go down the hill, and it's desert. I mean, not just desert, it's desert. All right? So you had to come through Israel. That's why they were always being conquered. Because if you held that land, you held your, right, you held your economic trade route. That's one of the reasons why in the history of Israel over thousands of years, Assyria comes down, the Egyptians come up. They wanted to hold that land. So now think about, here are the rules that Jesus, I'm sorry, that God said to the people of Israel. Here are the rules that he builds into the laws. He says, first and foremost, when people, the sojourners, the people who are coming through your land, don't pick the ends of your crops. Why? So they can eat as they go through their land. Every other country was polytheistic. They believed in multiple gods. Israel was monotheistic. It was one God. They were strange to everybody. No one understood that. And in that, all the rules were very different. 
There was no surety. You weren't supposed to charge interest on loans. They had cities that were to be uh, cities of refuge. If you were in trouble, you could go there and be taken care of. And usually that had to do with money or owing people. Every 50 years in the country, all debts were to be canceled out. All land returned to their original owners. So there wouldn't be these lifelong rivalries within families within the tribes. So God builds generosity into the very fabric of Israel as an example for other nations, right? This curiosity. Their people were to be marked by generosities in ways that just confounds other people. In other words, when everybody else holds tight and goes to war and does these things for their economic freedom, the people of God, we hold on to God tightly and we let go of our economic freedom because we know who really holds it. What am I going to do for my retirement? We don't hold on tighter to that. How am I going to pay for my daughter's college? No, really, how am I going to pay for my daughter's college? <laughs> but you know, I've, I've got two of them. You know? But the idea is that we hold on tighter to God. We don't hold on tighter to our resources. We place everything in his hands. This is always who, the relationship that God wants us to have with him. And it becomes the question, God, can I really trust you with this? And he says, try me and see. And the reward is we get more of God. We don't get more money. Oh, if I give God, if I give you a dollar, I'll get three in return. It's like, no, no, God isn't isn't a Ponzi scheme. God goes, no, you get more of me. And sometimes I will take care of your needs in certain ways. But you'll have deeper peace. My voice will get louder. The fruit of the Spirit will start to fill your life. We get a better portion of God, and there's peace. We don't have anything. How you doing? Never been better. The gift for me of working in downtown San Francisco with the poor is to see people with nothing that oftentimes were more, were deeply content. And it was, um, it was, it was beautiful. This is who God, I believe, is calling us to be, to walk closely with him, that we're always holding on to him. Again, we go from this picture, this picture of the nation of Israel, God wanting to be their God and him be their people, to the early church. Acts chapter 2 says this. When God comes in and creates the church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to one another who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Do you hear how that natural response of them saying no one had any needs, and in fact, we would sell off property to take care of other people. It was the immediate response when the Holy Spirit came. 
And then you see, right? Then we see the reputation. They enjoyed favor with other people. How do you hate a generous people? How do you despise people that are generous? How, how are you not, as Caitlin said, the salt of the earth, right? A city on a hill. This is who God calls us to be. You see, the way to a better story with God is our right relationship with our treasure. And so as we end today, what adventure does God want to take you on? The first step is just daily. It's not just a one time. It's just the daily. God, this belongs to you. I've had these moments where I say, just to be clear, Father, what I have, this, 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 these all, they all came from you. And just to be clear, they all belong to you. What do you want to do with them? Thank you for this car every time you get in it. It belongs to you. Is there anything you want to do with it? As little as we have, as much as we have, constantly surrendering that to the Father. Is there any way you want to use it? And God says, oh, you really mean it? Like, yeah. On my way to college, our, me and my friend, our car broke down on the salt flats in Salt Lake City, and we limped in. And in the middle of trying to fix it, and it was not going to be fixed, 11 o'clock at night, we're calling my friend's father, who happened to be a mechanic, and uh, we don't know what to do. One of my other friends calls up his dad at the same time and says, wait a minute, I, have some, I know some people in Salt Lake City, they're actually Christians. You should call them up. They gave me the number, it was 11 o'clock at night. I cold call this couple that I've never met, never seen, and just said, hey, we're stuck. Could we sleep on your floor tonight? He said, I'll be where are you at. I'll be right down to get you. We stayed with them for almost a week. And he said, God gave us this house, and we gave it to him. And he said, we get these calls all the time. And they were the most beautiful family. Um, what is God calling us to do to have a better story? My friend Paul, I'll use his real name, um, he got a job offer. It was in another city, but it would have, and he had a really good job and would double his pay. So he went to his family and he said, This would be big. We'd have to move. But we would. My pay would be, my, my compensation would be doubling. What if we stayed at our level and every month we gave away the other half of this, of our resources? It's that sort of thinking to me that not only encourages and inspires me that says this is what we do as people of God, God says, I want to take this adventure with you, right? Don't wait till you've saved up enough to be comfortable in retirement to say, now can I enter into this? The time is now as a people, as individuals. It's hard to have this conversation. Um, and maybe your first step is having it with your family and just asking that question. What do we spend money on and what, is it, what story is our money really telling us?
having it if you're married with your spouse. Individually, who do you have these conversations with? This is hard to be vulnerable uh, about finances. But you, can you enter into that to be, right, take that first step to say, you know, I don't have much, but this is, this is kind of what I'm thinking and this is kind of who I want to be. Those are powerful conversations. This week, it might be reaching out to somebody, again, um, sitting down with your family. And I would encourage us, be brave to go to a place that is very uncomfortable. But if our relationship to money, as Jesus says, inadvertently, is it the thing keeping us from getting at more of who the Father is? And God says, I don't want anything to block that. He loves you. And he wants, I believe, um, as, as, as Jesus says here, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As a congregation, let us set our treasure in the lap of our loving Savior, Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for these, um, these words that are very black and white and yet come from your heart of love because you don't want anything to block us. Just like you looked at the rich young ruler and it says you loved him and then said this one thing you lack, sell everything. And for him, Father, um, you knew that this was the issue. We ask, Father, that uh, whatever it is in our relationship that you would speak to us, with our treasure. And we put out our hands and we say, Father, everything I have is from you and it belongs to you. Would you teach us how to give you, how to hold on to our treasure loosely and hold on to you tightly? And we ask this, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Eric, for that message. Um, Church, we're going to continue to respond uh, to this message uh, in prayer and in worship. And um, if there's anything that you would like to receive prayer for, if you have a specific need or something that you'd like to talk to our prayer team about, uh, Pastor Calvin and Terry are back there, and they would love to pray for you. Um, And even if you would like to just receive a prayer of blessing, um, they're available back there for you as well. But we're going to continue to respond to what seems like maybe a a difficult message. Um, And as we sing this song, I just invite you, maybe if you're not going to go back there, just to sit in your seats and to hold out your hands and to pray to the Lord. Jesus, would you be the center of everything? Would you be the center of my life? Would you be the center of my finances, of my relationship, of all of these things? Would you be the center that our treasure may be in him, in him alone.
Jesus be 
receive the benediction this morning. May Jesus be the center of your lives. May Jesus be the center of your finances, of your relationship, of your church. May he be the center of everything. May he be your greatest, deepest treasure. 
that you may know the love of Christ that is so wide and long and high and deep and know that love that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. May he be with you this week. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining us once again this Sunday. It has been such a blessing to worship with you. Um, Just a few quick announcements before we close. If you, again, have prayer needs or want to receive a prayer of blessing, um, Pastor Calvin and Terry are back there. Um, And if you have tithes or offerings and would like to support some of the things that God is doing in our church, please make those online at christianlayman.org. That is all. Have a great week, everyone. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Happy Valentine's Day. All the things. And we'll see you same place, same time next Sunday for service. Have a great week.